0: Welcome to the heavenly banquet where the hungry are filled with good things. I'm Chad
1: and I'm Charlotte.
0: And today we're doing the fifth and final installment on the Nicene Creed, Charlotte. Yay. (laughs) Um, And just a reminder, the one we will be using is, I don't know if it's It's particular to our tradition, I don't know, maybe others use the same one, but if it's a little bit different, that's why. So here we go. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. So what? Amen or amen?
1: Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Let's get derailed right
0: off the bat.
2: <laughs> right off the
1: bat. I did what supply uh, preach at this church one time. Was it? No, I wasn't supply preaching. I was doing the um. Oh what do you call it when you're like you're, you guest preaching somewhere because the committee from another church is going to watch you. Oh so,
2: yeah. Uh, applying,
1: uh, uh, yeah. I was applying for a job and I was in the pulpit of another church and that church's pastor was there too. That's mm-hmm. how it worked. But um, and um he sent me this long email afterwards about, I don't even remember if I said amen or amen, but I said the wrong one. And oh. he thought he would school me on that. <laughs> I was like, I'm never moving to this town.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the argument? Because I can't imagine a good one.
1: I might try to pull it up. It was really, it was it was pretty bizarre. <laughs> and <laughs> it was also like, do you, you serious? And it was a very condescending note with a mm. kind of like, you know, as a as a future colleague, I just thought you could use uh, some of my mentoring, and I was like, "Dude, I do not know you, <laughs> and uh, you do not know me." And thank you so much for that. So
0: kind. It doesn't it's matter, right? Can we establish I that?
1: No, it, it doesn't does matter. matter. It Let's do tomato, tomato. Who, you know, whatever. Clamato. Bloody Mary. Get over it.
0: All men is better. I think I said amen earlier. I don't know.
1: It doesn't matter. I know. It doesn't matter. Okay, back to the creed. <laughs> Here's something that does matter:
2: unity,
0: sanctity, catholicity, and apostolicity.
2: Oh. <laughs> one holy right? cat. One whole
0: apostolicity. Is that right?
2: I don't know. <laughs>
0: Uh, one holy catholic and apostolic church sometimes referred to as the four marks of the church charlotte go
1: yeah let's slow down and unpack unpack these so the church is one yeah how is the church one sure seems like there's a lot of division and confusion (laughs) within the church right um but the church is unified um, by acknowledging one Lord, mm-hmm. confesses the, the same faith or the core of the same faith, maybe the faith as described within this very creed. A mm-hmm. uh, church yeah. is born of uh, the, the same baptism and so forms a body and gains its unity through the unity of the Trinity. That's its strength mm-hmm. there. But like the Trinity within that unity is a multitude or great diversity, right? Um, That mirrors the diversity of humanity. Uh, So saying that it's one doesn't mean that it's uniform. How about that?
0: Yeah, nice. I was thinking about kind of keeping that same thread we started with the first episode and God being one, this idea that. The divine love is always one, does not change. Divine goodness does not vary. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Divine mercy and justice are not incompatible, but they're one. The divine intention for a good creation is one. It never changes. And so that opening statement reflects that unity and tells me that that is the divine intention for the corporate body of the faithful as well. This idea that, you know, the effect in some significant sense resembles the cause or reflects the cause.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, The one holy church is, this might be controversial, is one and holy in so far as it is unified in love and reflects the nature of the divine goodness that never changes and brings it into being. Yeah. Because the historical reality of the church is a whole nother matter.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Probably one of the more lamentable aspects of the history of Christian faith is how horribly we have embodied these ideas.
1: Yes. And I don't think anybody is under any kind of illusion that we're achieving like any of these.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I have to
1: say that where the church does exhibit any of these values is because of its unity to Christ, and it's actually Christ's attributes of unity, holiness, universalism, et cetera, that, yeah. that the church shares in in those moments.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How
0: do you, uh, the whole, I always stumble with this word holy or, or the sanctity of the church. I take it that it essentially means connected to the divine, right? Not Monday, yeah.
1: The church is made up of, or at least includes, sinners, right. right? But the church shares through this mystical union with Christ the holiness of Christ in some measure and seeks to achieve that and, and has seeks to offer the gifts of sanctification to the people of God, so there's. Of possibilities there the church has produced saints or saints, saint-like yeah. or saintly people um, models for us in the christian life
2: yeah
1: it does sound like oh the church is holy it must be like perfect and that's that can't be it
2: can't be it <laughs>
1: But we see glimmers of that holiness in people. And it doesn't have to be. And I mean, I guess let me make clear that when I even talk about the saints,
2: uh,
1: I'm not talking specifically of those who have been canonized Canonized. or historically venerated or whatever. I mean, it can be, you know, that woman who is in your community who, oh, my gosh, you know, was Uh just doing Was doing the most, and that everybody could see that she had something special. Yeah. And something that other people wanted to participate in or be near, and was really her faith shown in a way that was very compelling. Yeah. That's a holy person.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Nice. Well, here's a landmine Catholic. This throws a lot of. Not a lot. I'm going to say this throws some Protestants off. I mean, the word it comes from the Greek word katholu, universal on the whole. But why does it throw Protestants off?
1: <laughs> because they're associating it with the church in Rome rather right. than the universal church, the church universal. Yeah. Um, and it is a dumb thing or not a dumb uh-oh it is a weird (laughs) thing to stop for us to stop and be like i believe in the church in rome i mean both as protestants and as just people period what would that really even mean but um no the the universal nature of the church that it proclaims a fullness of the faith that all of humanity both in its ministry and its missions.
2: It's for everyone.
1: It's for everyone and not just everyone globally, but everyone of every time and place.
2: Oh wow, that's Um, an awesome thought.
1: So yeah, the people who have come before us and the people that we'll we'll meet in the world to come, you
2: know? Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: the the humans who might colonize mars <laughs> um i mean really like it's yeah. kind of it's really extraordinary that it's not it's not bound locally it's not the church isn't bound culturally or ethnically mm-hmm. it's not bound by gender or anything else and it's not bound by time either that it stretches through to the beginning of the f- human history to what will be the uh, consummation of it
0: that's such an important point because i there might be a tendency to think of the church as strictly limited to post jesus
1: yeah
2: okay
1: (laughs) 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 i really thought you were going to say more about that
0: Well, it can't, because that would be absurd. It would be absurd. What about all those people?
1: It would be such a cruel joke. Yeah. To be like, sucks to be born in that time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot be part of this. By the accident of your birth.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. Which is also true today. Let Let me also say that it also includes the post incarnational folks who may not have heard the gospel of Christ and may not have access to that. And it will include people of other Abrahamic faiths or people of other faiths, period, um, or can, because we don't get to determine how God works out salvation yeah that's right yeah uh and there isn't a mainline or even the uh, the roman catholic church and others who aren't affirming at least the possibility there if not more i mean for sure god's covenant with the israelite people with the jewish people stands
2: right The, the
1: terms of that didn't get you know, erased or redone. That would and that should that should bother people if they think that, because if God is just changing contracts on God's whim, then we don't have a sure foundation for our faith either. God is
0: not trustworthy. Right. Right. But God's promises, I mean, how's Paul put it? God's promises are not retractable. That's not the word. But yeah, yeah, God doesn't make a covenant and say, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just,
2: just
1: kidding. Just yeah. kidding, y'all.
0: And so that opens things up. Anyways, yeah. So that's good. So it's for humanity.
1: Yeah, it's for humanity. That And what also that means is it, I think, uh, drives home a point of a missional focus on the church. Because the church isn't just for us, right? It's not just for the insiders. It's not for the people who were born into it or who already have it right mm-hmm. and by mission and i'm not just talking like evangelism um but to say that this church is as large as god's creation and because of that there's no corner of creation and no suffering in any corner of creation that the rest of us get to ignore
2: okay yeah
1: because we're still connected in some way, if by nothing else, our universal humanity.
0: Right, the divine image we all bear. Yep. Yeah. Apostolic. I mean, I take it apostolic to mean there is a continuity with the past and present. Is
2: yeah.
1: That a, yeah. I, I think probably more most comfortable talking, or I am let's say that I'm more most comfortable talking about this in kind of a most general terms of saying that the faith that I share and the faith that I've been baptized in and that I pr- proclaim uh, is the faith of the apostles. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, there's, there's a core of that faith. There's a, there's a kerygma core of those teachings that we can see running through the historical church right. and the church may may veer and vary and dispute a wide host of issues but mm-hmm. at least the proclamation that christ is lord uh is centered and and the faith again as communicated in this creed should be the faces of the
0: apostles. Yeah. I'm assuming that's the assumption when they say that. So, but the the thing you said about shared or it is, you know, as we talked about, when we were talking about the second section, these are just historical events, the story of this one person, Jesus. Uh-huh. And it's shared. It depends on being shared.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not an empirical discovery about God. You're going to go find it's shared from one generation to the next
1: yeah and i think there's some beauty even though uh, i think trying to really trace a literal handing down of the faith from the apostles uh of course gets muddied for a whole variety of reasons but Pretty you quickly. Think about quickly <laughs> yeah but you think about you know the early church is you mentioned before, I think, about Irenaeus saying he's received the teachings from Polycarp, who mm-hmm. has received them from John, and mm. that it seems that close generationally. Um, yeah. you know, and Paul describes some of that too in the epistles. You know, your your mother taught you, you yeah. gave you this faith, and you pass it on now. And I think the formalizing then or formalizing of the apostolic succession, I I can't really get on board with that. The idea that the bishop in Rome is a direct successor to to Peter's claim. Um, But the idea that one generation tells it to the next. Mm
2: -hmm. um, And what's it telling
0: is, I mean, at its most basic, like, like it, in this creed it's just this basic statements about this person in history, Jesus.
1: Yeah, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ mm, will come again.
0: Right.
1: And I suppose in that telling then as one generation speaks it to the next, it's it's the core of those stories and the core of that faith. But it should also be, you know, how we have mm. experienced that faith and mm how that faith looks daily, uh, the wisdom of generations there as well. You know, why you and I still read people from <laughs> uh, from centuries gone by, you know, mm-hmm. how the f- we're sh- sharing things in common. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, and how the faith is embodied. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think
1: yeah,
0: part of what's behind this whole idea of apostolic is that it's authentic. But what makes authentic faith? It can't just be a reduction to certain truth claims about Jesus Christ. It has to include how we embody that, how we live it out. Love, goodness, mercy. That's what I say. Now, nobody's asking
2: me.
1: (laughs) I'm going to ask you a question. Maybe it's not right or fair, Uh but it's an idea in my head. You know, I only have been told <laughs> to think of the church's apostolic as being the faith of the apostles or the faith of the first followers of christ mm-hmm. um well specifically the 12 then but call them apostolic after they're sent,
2: right yeah you
1: know, should we be pulling more also of and whether or not this is the original intention of the fathers mm-hmm. at nicaea but the idea that, again, the church, what it preserves of this first faith is then turned outward uh, in in action and sharing. And then another, again, missional drive there.
2: So it's the
0: faith of those who are sent in general with yeah. this proclamation and way of life and so on.
1: yeah. Or it's, or it's an acknowledgment that if you know this faith, you are sent. You have uh-huh. to act on it. Yeah. It's not a static faith. If you actually have the faith of the apostles, then that's something you are going to share through uh, proclamation and acts of love and mercy in the world. Right. Not something you not something pressures you keep to yourself.
2: Right. That's, it's turned out.
1: Yeah, there's nothing apostolic about holding your own uh, faith in your closed hands.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's great, I think. Yeah, it's turned outward. It's not
2: insular.
1: There you go. That sounds
2: Self-oriented. good.
1: Self-oriented. Ah. Now.
0: We acknowledge one (laughs) baptism for the forgiveness of sins. (laughs) And we're laughing for no reason.
1: (laughs) Well, because it depends on, it's one little sentence. And I could see so much to just absolutely rip apart in here. (laughs) or different directions to go. Um, You know, the fact that it's one baptism. Are we looking at, or maybe it's all of these things, the idea that that we all share in one baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, or are we also affirming the fact that it's only one baptism, that it's a singular act?
0: Versus multiple baptisms? Yeah. I bet. I bet that's part of it. Or was that even an issue? Maybe that, I don't know.
1: I think it well, I think it was the issue around, you know, the question of if you what happens if you get baptized and then you sin again. Oh okay, and yeah. what's the remedy for that? That then pushing people toward what we would describe as clinical baptisms, meaning deathbed baptisms, like save it until I can't sin anymore mm-hmm. baptisms.
0: Or um, weekly baptisms.
1: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. there were practices of go go be washed again but that the church ultimately determining that one baptism is efficacious and nothing needs to be added yeah. to that um yeah. w- which then some folks around here would disagree with that
0: oh we, didn't we do a podcast on this very thing rebaptism?
1: <laughs> we did <laughs>
0: And we came up on the negative side. No, there's no need for that. Why? Because baptism is, how did Augustine put it? A visible sign representing God's invisible grace. Is that right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the efficaciousness is not in the act or the elements, right. but it's it's in what it represents, which is God's, which is divine grace.
1: Right. Or the person or church administering it. None of that actually right. matters. If, right. if you're baptized in the name of the Trinity, using water in some way, and with the intent, intent. of a baptism, that's it. Right. And it's, a, uh, I think, a horrifying, if not abusive thing to make people doubt the grace of their baptisms.
2: Well, if you say, oh, you gotta get
0: baptized again, when when does that stop? I mean, somebody like right. me who's a little bit obsessive compulsive, man, I could have scruples over that drive me nuts.
1: Well sure. But like how is you well how is that one better? What happened?
2: Yeah. What you was do, that? would you do
1: right that we didn't get right the first time? Mm-hmm. And then who's to stop even beyond like me and my Faith, or how I feel connected or not to Christ at any moment, and worrying about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Now I've got to worry about, you know, oh, you weren't, you got baptized in a horse trough and not down by the river. <laughs> now I've got to get another one. You know, I mean, we can't. <laughs> well, oh, now, or? now you can go get one at the at the Sea of Galilee, and like, when are we just going to one up all our baptisms?
2: <laughs> yeah
1: i don't um, that's not fair and it's not right and
0: no it's not helpful at all
1: no and i put your idea of your salvation in jeopardy based on things that are super superfluous
0: yeah because the efficaciousness again is not in the act or the words and all that itself it's in what they represent
1: it's through Christ, like, period, yeah, you know?
0: Right. I would caution against getting that backwards there and saying that divine grace is locked into the instantiation of that sign. Sure. Um, God can extend grace however God wants, but that right. sign does represent.
1: Right. We can say it's the normalized historical. It's a biblical model. But yes, God can act through or how any way God wants. Yeah. Nada.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you would think that would be obvious, but
1: No, we're not gonna combine God's grace. <laughs> we can't both say that this is the the all powerful maker of heaven and earth. Who is also dependent upon being able to save people <laughs> whether I sprinkle them or dunk them. Mm-hmm. You know? God's just shaking God's head. Charlotte got it <sighs> wrong again. Actually, Charlotte shouldn't even be doing this. There's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. no, it doesn't have to do with the one administering it. Um
2: yeah. or any of those
1: other things. So yeah. Uh, oh, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come why are you giggling
2: because <laughs> the way you're like oh, this part
1: why well, i was thinking of the conversation that i had with somebody uh, a colleague this week who was a little distressed that he was engaging a bunch of people who were in the midst of their theological education who didn't Really, seem to understand that there was going to be a resurrection of the dead; that that was part of our faith.
2: Really? Yeah, in I seminary.
1: think. Oh. I do so, yeah, Seminar. <laughs> because yeah. because the cultural Christianity has is so pervasive, and like we said in those episodes about what happened, both both in the one of like what not to say to the bereaved. <laughs> and in kind of what will what's the afterlife like the that series mm-hmm. but there's this still kind of like you die you go to heaven you're an angel oh yeah now and not that there will we are supposed to be anticipating a physical general resurrection
0: and that there's an interim somehow
1: yeah or yeah. even that If you were a saint and because there are descriptions of the saints, and martyrs um, Mm -hmm. at the heavenly court already, or that kind of doesn't make sense because it's outside of time too. But but that there will be flesh even is. But but not corruptible. Yeah. But understanding like we become, we're spirit rather than resurrected, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. The, this the is old really ancient Greek
0: notion of the eternal soul.
1: Yes. Doing that rather than mm, Christianity.
0: Right. I mean, I, if you were to poll Christians, at least in this culture, and ask them if the soul is eternal, I bet they would say yes. And strictly speaking, the soul is created. So by default, default, it can't be eternal. It can be everlasting right but that's really an ancient greek notion that um the better part of us is the soul and the bodies you're imprisoned in it but the the traditional christian understanding is that we are resurrected as persons body soul spirit so on
1: yes so my body everything that is me is is part of me is good in some way um and will be perfected later on but there's a heart in our faith, both here and and through the incarnation that's affirming that matter matters. Yeah. Um, that this world matters and
0: creation is good.
1: Rest yeah, the rest of that is Gnosticism, is Manichaeanism. And to to say that we're supposed to be escaping this physical world, we're supposed to be escaping our physical bodies. That's not Christianity.
0: All right. That's platonic, neoplatonic
1: yeah I oh, no, you... don't want to have to learn that. It's very complicated.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> listening.
1: Don't decide you want to do that instead. Just stick with this. <laughs> it's much It's wild and it's weird, <laughs> but it's somehow easier to hold on to, I think. But this world matters, you matter, I matter, we matter in our bodies and as bodies.
0: Matter is not evil.
1: Right. It's good. It's good. It's good. And it's repurposed as a blessing. It's repurposed in the sacraments as means of grace. It will be... the final consummation of all things, all matter, will be a blessing, will be something through which we can see and experience Christ, who was incarnate, who was in flesh himself, uh, and came back in a body that you could touch and that ate. And, yeah, also seemed to appear out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and sometimes people didn't recognize but he really loved having fish fries by the sea after Easter. Fish for breakfast, man. Yeah.
0: And life of the world to come. Can I just say I like the lack of detail right there?
1: I love it. Yeah, I'm with you on that.
0: And
2: I, mean, uh, I don't know how far down this road I want to go. But I think there was more
0: ambiguity back then regarding this issue of the afterlife than for most of the history of the church. So I think maybe that reflects that. They're like, look, we know this much. We can look forward to the life to come. And the rest can be parsed out through speculation.
1: Yeah. Well I think that ambiguity also reflects the whether it's ambiguity or myriad uh metaphors that are used in scripture too i mean it's a it's a garden it's a peaceful kingdom mm-hmm. it's a mansion with many rooms
2: mm-hmm. you yeah, know
1: it's a city that comes down from heaven uh, you know it's it's a vineyard um, all of which are metaphors <laughs> yeah so none of those are descriptive necessarily you know Yeah. and then if we want to add to that um you know all of the things all of the kingdom of god sayings um from jesus in the gospel and get Mm -hmm. that in the mix then we (laughs) we either get closer to a truth or far more lost (laughs) (laughs) with within the the parables especially Mm -hmm. but um they're ways of describing something that's entirely outside of or such a vast improvement on our experience that we can't fathom it, other by these in imperfect in some ways uh, metaphors that are supposed to add to each other, but seem often to compete. You know? Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and just the general idea that the divine intention is for life. Yeah. You know, not death, not the suffering and all that. Ultimately, it's life. Now, I know there's a lot of mystery there, but that's so important, I think. Well, what did Jesus say? I came so that you, you might have life and have it abundant. That that hasn't and changed. And fish. Fish rice. <laughs> <laughs> Just,
2: yeah. yeah,
1: and fish tacos.
0: <laughs> and fish tacos and house puppies, because you can't have any of that without house puppies.
1: Amen.
0: (laughs)
2: Amen.